in this episode it's basically a continuation of the last one so kirsten brought her friend on this was kind of like impromptu um, but we started chopping it up less about education more about spirituality philosophy mindset etc cetera, etc cetera. um the first question that i was talking about um kirsten asked me about you know why i was really introspective and kind of had a lot of awareness on the way I think and some of the behaviors I take. And it's because I've been putting a bigger focus on monitoring or observing my thoughts and my habits and my actions because I see that most of the suffering that I experience is really just in my own head. And so, you know, if I can alleviate that and just be aware of the things, the biases that I have, I might be able to alleviate some suffering in my world. Change your world inside, you change the world outside. So that's really what the focus is on. I don't know how, I feel like I still didn't hit the mark enough. I'll probably be answering that question for a while. I'll be, I've been thinking about it heavy. Um, anyway, I don't want to rant right now. Enjoy this episode. After about 25 minutes, the video, you know, I record these on Zoom. I don't know what I hit, but basically you'll only be able to see them and not me. So I guess that's actually a good thing. Who wants to stare at me all day? Be able to look at them. That's cool. Pretty girls are nice. Um, yeah, so episode 10, it's lit. Um, be tuned, stay tuned for more. Um, yeah, enjoy. <laughs> but most of the, like I post on, I post the videos on YouTube, but not a lot of people be watching this shit right now. Mostly people just be listening. Sure. But anyway, yeah, I was saying like I'd be I'd be thinking about reflecting on like how I think and, and act and all that because I realized that's what's holding me away from <laughs> experiencing uh, the kingdom of heaven, honestly. So now I'm like hyper focused on it. It's like shit, if I'm trying to get to where I would want to go, then I need to be focused on that. Yeah. Mm, one thing you said too, like before I went to get you, is a lot of the things that we like do and learn are learned passively, like yeah. muscle memory. It's thing that you're not even thinking about doing, but you're doing it. Yeah, it's all subconscious. So he he was like, I really need to pay attention to what I'm doing if I want to actually like improve it or change it or whatever the case is. Um. And a lot, yeah, a lot of it is just observing it. You don't have to change it or just really just looking at it and like, oh, this is like a kid, you know, don't judge yourself. Just like, oh, wow, like this is this is how I am. You know, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think that um, common theme of the past week has been self-awareness in my life in so many different ways, um, whether it's people around me having issues and giving them advice or talking to somebody else about something that I'm going through or whatever the case might be. But the common theme has been self-awareness and just being aware of even your subconscious doings, like things that you're not necessarily thinking about. And that takes intentionality and stillness. Like you have to stay still and you have to be intentional in order to even, you know, be aware of those things. Um, I don't like awareness is not something that's really taught, you know? right a lot of people get it from experience um and i mean it can be taught depends on how you're raised but mm -hmm. a lot of us weren't taught that we just kind of like you said we're a creature of habit or like we're raised a certain type of way and we do things and i think it's interesting because sometimes even when you think you're so aware there's something you're not aware about right <laughs> but somebody brings it to your attention but when you're someone that is when you're working on yourself and you're intentional 
Um, if someone brings something to your awareness, you receive it and now you pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. So I was just having a conversation the other day. So that was interesting. So yeah. I mean, the, the biggest part is knowing that, it, that that's a thing, that that's possible. Most people don't even consider being mindful because they never even hear about it. And like when I heard about it, I was like, oh, shit, like I'm I'm not my thoughts. Like that shit is weird. Where do my thoughts come from? Like, have you ever thought of like, where do your thoughts come from? Like <laughs> I kind of question other people's like have I observe different like friends or family. Like I kind of question like what are they thinking and like what is the thought process behind this like i'm i'm kind of curious about that and that's why i'm i'm kind of curious about your like how are you so like self-aware because sometimes i like visualize like i kind of just observe the people around me and i'm like how do you continuously make the same mistake over and over again and you're not realizing or even thinking about some of the solutions that might help you yeah and at like, that point it's not even a mistake it's a choice you're just deciding yeah. to do this over and over i don't know i feel like the like lack of awareness and like lack of being taught about awareness i feel like sometimes people make the same choice five times and they're still not aware like i think that hmm. like i think in my head when i observe certain things i'm like there's no way that you've made this mistake for the sixth time and you're doing it and you are fully aware of your issue I mean, they right? are. There's people that are aware, and then there's people that have a fear of changing or don't know how to change, which is a whole nother thing. Because a lot of people operate from a place of fear. So it's like, I can be aware that, okay, I'm very aware of what anxiety is. I can be aware that um, mentally, sometimes I could be self-destructive. Like, I can control my mind. I know that. I know that I don't have to have anxiety. I know that I don't have to have these bad thoughts. Like, it doesn't have to be my life. But some days it just is like and it's still a choice you know i'm aware of it but sometimes the fear of like okay what if i you know really practice you know these great thoughts and like condition my mind to think something good the opposite of whatever i'm thinking and then something bad happens like you know like you'll just find a way to like get yourself out of this good thing but it's like it's just fear you know sometimes it's not always about awareness because i've seen people that are aware you're like damn they're so aware how do you still fuck up it's like you don't want to change or you don't know how or you're scared to change yeah i think it changes so hard because your body gets it you get addicted to your habits and your habits get reinforced by the chemicals in your body so it's like you you're getting triggered by you know let's say it's like let's just let's go with smoking weed because i think that's what we talked about the last time it's like smoking weed is triggered by oh you know i'm feeling stressed out or you know any kind of number of things. Maybe I just wake up and I just start smoking weed. So then it's like your your body gets used to not not even just the not even weed. It's like the act of smoking something or escaping from something or getting to a state where you're more relaxed. So I think some people fall into the like like that addiction where it's like you're constantly escaping something and you're even if you get rid of the weed, you're still going to be looking to feel a certain way. That's kind of what I where where I think it could be really hard is if it's it's not even the like yeah I think marijuana has some addictive properties but not really on a, a physical standpoint where it's like you gotta have it so that's where I'm be thinking I'm, it's more psychological where I want to feel a certain way because I'm not feeling that way on the regular yeah I think maybe my question 
now kind of transitions to um, how to like, um, I guess not only how, but why it's so hard to tell yourself no. That takes like self-love. That's a good question. You know, like, no, I'm not going to like, this is like, I'm not going to do this. I've said, you know, I said that I wasn't going to do this. And so I'm not going to. Yeah, we live in such an instant gratification time in the world and self-discipline is hard, you know, it's it's hard. So it's it's like, if you don't have a real reason to stand up to yourself, you won't, you know, it's, <laughs> that's kind of what it boils down to. And I think we're so used to just getting things instantly that if you don't practice saying no, then it's just like, it's impossible. Also, I would say impossible. That problem. And I realized over time, like now I'm not that way, but what has changed is the amount of self-love that I have. Like I love myself more than I've ever loved myself. So no, that's not good for me. I don't want that. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to do that to myself. Um, you make those choices from a place of like self-love. Like a lot of people, like I watch people, like one of my friends, like, you know, he's making money, he's doing great, whatever, like, you know, his idea of success. Drinks like every fucking day. Like great guy, has fun, like super lively, like eats meat every day, like it's eating great. Like what his idea of great is like steaks and mm-hmm. going out to eat and like drinking and smoking. And I look at him and I'm like, damn, this nigga don't even realize that he's going through something. Mm. This is his idea of success. He has right. money now. He got money to go out to eat every day. He could take care of the people around him. He get a, He has enough weed for the next month. He gets to drink whatever the fuck he wants to drink. Like they're spending 10 bands at the club. Like this is life. But he has all of these things, but he has no self-love. Like zero. Like he doesn't do anything for self. What he thinks is for self is not for self. Like he's self-destructive, but he doesn't even realize it. And what are some things, some like examples of love that you think that you don't see? Like, well, like what you said, telling yourself no, right? And having discipline to do the things that are nourishing and good for you. So whether that means like, hey, you know what? What are the things that elevate us? Whether it's doing something physical for ourselves, which is working out. I mean, who fucking wants to work out? Or doing something internal for ourselves, like telling us ourselves like, okay, you know what, I need to minimize the amount of like bad shit I'm putting into my body. Like I can't eat these fucking Cheetos anymore. I need to minimize how much meat I'm eating. Like it's not easy, you know, but you have to start there when you're removing things that are not good for you and replacing them with things that are better for you is what self-love is to me, you know? And I think that that's the only logical thing you know that that really makes sense it's like you know that if you drink enough water you're hydrated your skin will look good whatever but you have to want that for yourself and really envisioning what does this higher self look like to you and a lot of people don't think about that they day to day they get up they work they hustle da, 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 da. i go out with my friends i drink oh my god i'm so happy they don't even realize like no they're actually not happy because if they're robbed of all of those things and they have to sit still these motherfuckers can't deal with themselves yeah i think one thing that helps to frame it 
is you really are separate from your body. So it's like your body's going to send you messages, but you're different than that. You know, like when I stopped identifying with just me, like Jordan as a, you know what I'm saying? Like Jordan Jones as a person, not identify was like, I'm not who I am, but it's more like everything that comes into my mind that I think about myself is not true. It's like, this isn't coming from me. You know, like, I don't, I wouldn't think this, you know, I wouldn't think like, oh, I want to kill myself or I'm feeling sad or, you know, or like, I'm, oh, I'm really de depressed or something like, I'm not, this isn't me. So where is it coming from? And then it's like, ex not, not to a place where you're judging it, but like loving your, kind of like, as she said, loving yourself to want to heal it. And so when you when you feel like you need to escape or do something that you you've told yourself you're not going to do, you remember that, hey, like I love myself, like she just said, and I'm going to put in the the mental, I guess, mental effort, <laughs> the mental elbow grease to say no. And like, hold like, you know, hold yourself accountable, get a little self-discipline. And every time you do it one time, you should be noticing that. Like, that's why in Genesis, God, they say God reflects and said it was good. You notice it and you say, oh, OK, like I had the intention of, you know, stopping smoking. I just stopped one urge, boom, like that's one tally that I just proved that I can do it. Like, so the next time it happens, I can remember that, yo, I can, I can do this, you know? So that's just one, that's just one way that I thought uh, <laughs> for me that works to, to build that kind of habit of saying no to yourself. I want to like, I guess, dive deeper into the idea that like telling yourself no and replacing something that's not good for you with something that is good for you like i want to dive deeper into th that act because i think it takes a lot of effort day after day like for instance if you say you know what i'm going to get more rest so every day i'm going to be done at eight o'clock and you have the urge at eight at 759 you're like i'm gonna work for another hour no i'm not oh, yeah. you know it's hour. like how you know I guess in my head, I'm thinking, okay, what are solutions that, like, what are the, you know, solutions before you were, before you're talking, I was thinking to myself, okay, what are some of the solutions that you, you really need to do? And like, I'm thinking replacing, like, uh, I guess the replacing the work with rest is like the act, but then what is that, what is that next step of like, okay, I've replaced this thing that's not working for me, like overworking with rest, but like, what is the other thing that you have to do for yourself? to actually put it in place. Well, like, you have to start somewhere. So you just started somewhere. And then the next day, it's a new day. And maybe that day is something else. But in that time, in that 24 hour period, there's so many things that can happen in a day. I think like what he was saying, reverting back to that why and like telling yourself like, no, this is what's good for me. This is the person I want to become. Okay. Like I do this at like six o'clock in the morning every day. Like I don't want to go to this fucking class. Like I love it once I'm there, but I'm like, yo, I do not want to drive to West Hollywood. Oh my God. Don't feel like working out. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to sleep. I'll convince myself of all these things. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, now see, I really be having talked to myself. Like who, who do you want to be? Okay. This is the person that you want to be. This is the person you envision to be. You want to feel like this. You want to look like this. How is this going to make you feel? Remember when you went yesterday, how you felt afterwards? All right. And I get my ass up and then I go, like, I'd be having to talk to myself like that. And it's just, it's literally a one day at a time thing. And then it becomes a habit. Yeah. From a more like, I guess, practical stance, like what you can actually do. I'm actually reading Atomic Habits right now. Yes. Me and my mom do have a book club. It's just me and her. 
but literally on the chapter that we in right now it's talking about how you have to put like a, a situation on it so you, you say when situation x arises i will perform response y so kind of like how you said oh i don't want to be stop i don't want to stop smoking i want to be a healthy person you know so like i don't want to I don't want to stop working to go to bed. I just want to be more restful. So then maybe you have to put in time like, all right, at eight o'clock, I'm going to get up and brush my teeth and get ready for bed. So now every time you see it at eight, like, all right, that's my cue. I need to start getting ready for bed. And so that's how you start to build a habit is you have to have a set time when you know, oh, the condition is eight o'clock. Okay, now I have to get ready for bed. And so that way you eliminate any decision making of, Oh, well, should I sneak in another project or no, like, no, you just know, oh, eight o'clock. Okay, I got to go. So that's that like building routine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all like, how do you start building good habits? And so if, if you don't want to, because like, I think the framing from I want to be a healthy person versus I want to stop doing something because, you know, nobody wants to get like stop doing this i want to start being <laughs> being healthier i don't want to stop eating chicken wings like motherfuckers love chicken wings but i want to start being healthy so how can i you know create a reality where both of those can be true it's like i can be healthy and eat chicken wings at the same time if that's what i want to do so yeah yeah like i think we kind of spoke about this before is like kind of changing the frame and yeah. i think one thing i'm kind of curious is about is like for instance, is the idea of like changing the frame, um, like how hard it is to change the frame when it's uh, related to success and wealth. You know what I mean? Like if you say to yourself, you know what, I need to get good rest so that I can wake up in the morning, but you want to continue to work on your brand or continue to work on this project that you want to finish is like hard to draw the line between, okay, this thing, if I continue working on this thing, I think it aids in my success, or I'm going to follow this routine that I said was going to, was going to change my habits. That's going to lead to my success. So what, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like, you, dynamic. yeah, I feel like you should make a routine that works for both. Like if you want to stay up later and work on your brand, then I think you should build that time in. You got to really evaluate like what's, what is the priority? Do I want to get more sleep right now? Or do I want to go hard sometimes it's better to go hard like only you can really say for sure but i think there's always a, a way to find a balance but the balance might change over time but there's nothing wrong with wanting to put the pedal to the metal a little bit as long as you can do it in a sustainable way honestly that's what i think also one thing that i've realized is that we do live in a toxic society where we have conformed to what society's um grind culture yeah, what society's like perception of success and grinding and making it looks like. So for me as a business owner, I constantly have to evaluate, okay, is this coming from a um, place of trauma uh, or a toxic place? Or is this coming from, from me and the person that I want to become? Because I'm like, oh, okay, three hours of sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work until three, da, da, da. I'm grinding. I'm doing all this stuff. But it's like, okay, am I really getting anything done? I'm fucking tired. I have to go to this workout in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, so I really do have to stop sometimes and be like, okay, am I subscribing to this concept of what it looks like to grind or, you know, be successful? And yeah, I am. Because this doesn't feel good. So I have to do what feels good for me because I know that 
in my subconscious mind, I am influenced by Instagram and by the people around me and what that looks like. Oh yeah, no sleep. You know, all the millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> right, no sleep. I'm like, no, fuck millionaire. I'm tired. Like I could still do that. I think they can all coexist. I could still be a millionaire and I could still not be tired. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's definitely true. I constantly have to tell myself that because we live in a society where that's a thing. Oh, just Bezos, you didn't sleep. You know? Yeah. Like, like, Okay. There's a there's a difference between being busy and productive. Exactly. And I'm busy, but I'm not being productive when I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the motivation there is too is the important too because it's like, am I working because I'm insecure about not getting work done, or am I working because I have like my creative juices flowing and I'm creating something really like valuable? Because I think the that if you just kind of ask yourself that about the work, I think you'll have your answer about whether or not you should rest or not. Yeah. Like, is it something that needs to be done? Do I need to stay up and do this? Or am I, am I stressed because I feel like I'm not where I should be and that's why I feel like working on it, <laughs> you know? I literally talk to myself like that all the time. Same, like I, I be going through the same shit. And in by 9 a.m., now that's something I have to do. It has to get done by 9 a.m. But like there be stuff that doesn't and it's just like, I'm like, what am I doing? It's just, I didn't feel like I did enough this week yeah toxic i feel like i can be somewhat militant yeah um and i feel like i can't say i can't say what works for most people or whatever the case is but i feel like setting hard boundaries in the beginning in the beginning of whatever you're working on and then over time having more leeway works for me because like if i say i'm not going to do something then i don't like I, I want to like not do it. Like I can right. cut myself off from things and like that's just it. Yeah, like, same. That's same. it. Like I I've told myself like no weed, no nails, no trips, no none of this. And like that was it. Like, okay, it's over with. And like if I say I'm not going to, I say I'm not going to eat this, I say I'm not gonna drink this, I'm not. Yeah. If I say I'm not trading, if I'm not trading past 8 30, I'm not. Like I don't, it's over with. Yeah, some people have a hard time like drawing that line, but I feel you I'm the same way. I don't know if that's a Pisces thing or not, but I am definitely the same way. So I, I definitely used to have that thought where it's like, okay, how can you not do that? But <laughs> I know how people cannot do that. It's hard. Yeah. And then I just have hard. to revert back to the things that are hard for me. Like I'm not perfect. Okay, yeah, I can do that, but there are other things that are very difficult for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just really depends. Um, but I tend to be very like militant and harsh mm -hmm. a little bit like that's how i am with myself so i know like with kids i'm like no like nigga just stop doing it like you know yeah. what i mean but you got it another word of the day for me was being graceful you have to be graceful with yourself mm -hmm. so that you can be graceful with other people yeah yeah i don't i think my i think erring on the side of more militant is even better too because you can always take taper that back but it's kind of hard to be that self-starter and and get on yourself and say no, we're not doing it. If it's not yeah. if it's not in you, it's hard to build that up. Yeah, it's hard to be militant with a routine that's new, like something new that you're even even if it's some just one portion of your routine, like something new that you're implementing in into it. But um, first two weeks is always going to be the hardest. You usually got to grind through those first two weeks. It's like twenty one days to form a habit. The first two weeks is the hardest. I think day four is the, usually the hardest. Three or four of starting a new habit. Yeah. 
don't know about that 20 day shit. <laughs> really? You think it's shorter, longer? What you think? One month sometimes. <laughs> I mean, mm. niggas could go three months and still fuck up. So I don't know. I guess it know? depends on what it what exactly we're talking about. It's not a one size fit all rule, but yeah, I think it just I think you gotta just know yourself, you know. And it's for me, it's a day to day thing. It's not really like um, I can form the habit, like I can do it and still fuck up from it and then not do it. So it's a I just know that every day I have to be intentional. And tell myself, hey, this is what you want. This is what your higher self looks like. This is the person you want to become or be. Um, yeah, it's definitely a day-to-day thing for me. Like, well into being a vegan, a year and a half, two years in, I was ready to fuck up everything up. So it's like, okay, I formed the habit. I'm two years in, past 21 days, but like, I could, I'm ready to fucking give everything up, you know? So. I have to talk to myself again. I have to start there again. I have to, you know. So I just think like it's a day to day thing for me personally. What was the hardest part about that? Because I cut out a lot of meat. I'm still a pescatarian though. But like, what was the hardest part about the vegan thing for you? Like, what made you want to stop? Or why were you having those thoughts? Just thinking about it. Um, the thoughts of being coming plant based. No, of because you just said like, oh, two years in, I'm having, I'm about, I'm about to oh, fall. Yeah, <laughs> point two years in um, like why were you a craving meat or like what was it yeah like it was like a random like i wanted it was specific things that i wanted it was chick-fil-a chicken i don't like chicken <laughs> or tender greens chicken that's it like i didn't want i wasn't just like oh i want chicken no i wanted tender greens or i wanted chick-fil-a chicken like those are the only two things i wanted i never wanted a steak or anything like that it was specific things and I realized too, like, I changed within my environment. My environment didn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, it was harder. I was constantly being influenced and, um, you know, making myself feel almost like I was um, excluded from a social setting or something because I'm this only person, or it's like, oh, you leaves or oh, you care. It's like, you know? And I think, I don't know, I think over time it's just like, why am I doing this? But I had to really find my why. And once I did, and I really immersed myself in um, educating myself on so many different elements of what it even means to be plant-based or like, you know, goddess of the whole herbs and the different like plant medicine and stuff like that. It's like, I have too hard of a why now. It's just my, I've reconditioned my mind. Right. Now right. I feel that. Cause now it's a part of your identity. It's a part of my identity and I've really, really practiced on telling myself, like, that is not self-love. You don't feel good. Like, you literally don't feel good after you eat this red meat. Like, you don't feel good. So, yeah. Why are you doing it? So, stop. Yeah, red meat was not hard to quit. <laughs> Chicken was hard to quit. Everyone is different, you know? Like, for some people, yeah. red meat is hard to quit. Yeah, for some people, yeah. For me, it wasn't. I've never been big on red meat. Chicken was. Chicken's kind of hard. Chicken was hard. And freaking turkey bacon it was like random shit like turkey bacon oh turkey bacon whack yo turkey bacon was hard and chicken was hard chicken from specific places yeah turkey bacon other than that nothing else was i've never been big on cheese or um red meat but yeah just gotta 
going, you gotta, you gotta have your why and everything. Cause I always revert back to my why. Yeah. Whether it's my business or my life. And what's your why? Like what was some of the, like what got you into a plant-based diet? Um, well, I normalized a lot of the issues that I had growing up because I mean, I don't know, like, I guess we kind of all grew up the same where it's just like, you go to a doctor, they tell you something or whatever. And, um, when I started to really think about my upbringing and just like the different issues I had growing up, I'm like, that's not normal. Like having a thyroid imbalance at such a young age or having like really bad joint problems, like in high school, like I wasn't like this uber crazy athlete either. So I'm like, why do I have these issues? But it became a part of my life. Like I've almost accepted it as my identity. And then my parents, you know, really believed in Western medicine. So it was just like, okay, whatever the doctor says and doctors will normalize shit. It's like, yeah, you know, it's okay. You have um, arthritis in your family. So it's just maybe like a preliminary thing. And and then I moved to LA and I spent more time with myself because I'm away from home, I'm across the country. I didn't really have a lot of friends yet. And I'm like, I don't know. I just started doing this unintentional self-work and I'm like, yo, this shit is not normal. <laughs> like I'm 23 at the time. Like I got all these fucking issues. You know, granted it wasn't like crazy shit, but still like I should not be feeling like this. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, reading and doing research and um, I slowly started changing my diet. I remember the day I did it too. And then um, I'm very black and white and extremist to the extreme. So I cut everything. I went straight alkaline. I didn't even go vegan. I said, I'm going alkaline. Had a headache for two weeks. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Literally, I felt like a drug addict. Yeah. Like, you know how like they take drugs away from you in rehab? That's how I felt. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And that's the thing. The transition in my body is truly what how I really created my why because I'm like yo I've I've never felt my body like that we walk around here and we don't feel ourselves and I felt the transition my body was going through and I'm like nigga what was I giving myself if I feel like this like (laughs) why do I feel all these withdrawal symptoms like what is in the food so it made me more curious to find out and then I went down a rabbit hole and I'm like no for real like what is in the fucking food and um, yeah, that's when I became super extreme and crazy and like really crazy. <laughs> and then- I definitely feel you on like feeling your body too. Like I lost a lot of weight. I just stopped eating as much. And then I could really start feeling like I could feel my body digesting food. If I really sat there, I could feel blood running through my veins. Like my heart was pumping. I was like, whoa, like I would go to the gym. I'd be like, damn, I'm feeling like every muscle fiber right now. Like that shit is this shit is crazy and you notice the differences in your body it it gets you like excited like oh yeah i'm gonna keep oh it's a shit high. out <laughs> it's literally high and then my why became i want to feel my very best like physically yeah. mentally mainly mentally because the mental really runs like it really determines on how my internal body operates i like so much so that i know when i'm stressed internally how I feel like I don't feel well or whatever the case might be so that became my why if I don't feel good if I'm eating bread and like I even cut out bread at some point and it's hurting my stomach or I'm feeling bloated I'll stop eating bread we're just not gonna have bread like that's what it became at that point like oh okay that doesn't make me feel good great do you fast like on a regular basis like do you have any seven days no food seven days 
No food. I don't know if you heard that part. You said every, like, how often do you do that? You just did it. I just did seven days, but I do fast process. Seven days is the longest I've done. Wow. Um, but uh, in November, I did five days. Prior to that, a few months before that, I'll do random three-day fast. Um, my next one's going to be 10 days. Uh, probably mm. we'll do sometime in February, maybe March. Um, and then I'm going to work my way up to 30 days, and then keep going there. 30 days damn jesus <laughs> yo i'm because like i started fasting with my aunt we, we fast like at the beginning of the month for like 36 hours and that was feeling good but damn seven days that seems like a lot but hey i guess like anything you just start off two days then three then four but if you if you fast at least once a month for like 36 hours really great for anti-aging and that was all I needed to hear. Like, yeah, I want, I want to be healthy. Let me empty out my system for 36 hours. You get so many benefits, boom. And then on the third, fourth day, whatever, eat some fruit and then you back. Yeah. Were you doing a water fast or were you drinking teas and like um, juices? No, nah, I just do water. So I just drinking water all day. I, I might like a mint. I'll put a mint in my mouth. I guess that's a little bit of sugar, but yeah yeah, it's better to, I, well, yeah. I do teas i make custom like herbal teas just because especially when i'm fasting for so long i do want to make sure i'm still like i have my you know i'm nourishing my body somehow mm -hmm. um but for the most part it's water i mean the teas like you probably drink it twice a day yeah um, sometimes once, but it's really a whole bunch of water. This guy just did a 45 day water fast. Crazy shit. Wow. <laughs> That's mean, crazy. It looks like paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. I don't get too skinny, like, because damn, then you look really emaciated, like 40 days. Don't take it too far. And he's like, yeah, um, I almost died, but because the thing is, I thought I the herbal, I'm like, you still have to nourish your body. Right. You still need vitamins and, and minerals. <laughs> Yeah, like you gotta take your herbs. Yo, that's crazy. There has to be a balance. But by Here's day it. three, you're on some superhuman vibes. You're like, nigga, what? I made it to day three. You get this like burst of energy. Day two is the hardest. You're purging. Oh my God, your body's purging. It's like, okay, we're not eating. It's real now. Day three, you just wake up and you're like, okay. You don't even need coffee. You don't need shit. You just have all this energy. By day five, I'm good from like four hours of sleep. I'm not sleepy. I'm not tired. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to try to stretch mine out then. Maybe I'll go like two days, then go to three. I left I my want at your place, so feel free to use that. And you left the what? Different. I left my juicer at your place. You did? Yeah. In the is it out is it out back? Yep, we got a whole juicer. We got a whole that, juicer if you decide to do a fast and want to damn I didn't know. Juicer. Yeah, I'm about, I'm about to check that out then for sure. But no, I want I want those superhuman powers because when you realize that your your hunger will just go away if you ignore it, that was kind of a big deal for me. I was like, damn, that shit just went away. <laughs> but like what other desires or urges can I just ignore? Like, oh shit, like it really just went away. I can't believe I thought I was gonna starve to death. I really thought I was tripping, but oh I, I wasn't. Like, what else am I lying to myself about about limits? You know, like it's that kind of shit. It's like if you know if that if it's happening one place, 
where else in my life can I find the same phenomenon and like break through it? Like that shit is kind of crazy. That's why I do it. I don't mm-hmm. do it for that. Like the health benefits is like, okay, yeah, for sure. But I do it for that. Like what are ways that I can become even more mentally strong and discipline? Like what, how can I control my desires? Like, what are ways that I can control my desires? Like, I want to change my relationship with things that I feel like I need. I don't want to need anything. Right. Like, I don't need food, nigga. I don't need a nigga. I don't need money. I don't need anything. I don't need food. Like, I'm fine. You know what mm, I mean? Like, yeah. I want to feel like that. And that's the thing. Like, it'll, one, it'll change your relationship with food completely. Mm-hmm. Once you realize, oh, I felt hunger for more than three days. And I was able to ignore it. I don't have to eat this fucking potato. Like, <laughs> no, that's fact. Not own me. <laughs> I like what you said about not needing anything because I think if you live your life like I don't need anything, there's just things that I want. I think yeah, it's it's freeing. It's a, a lot more freeing because when you need something, you're dependent on it. And people think like, like I tell my parents, I'm like, you guys, I need food. I need. I will die. I'm like, no, actually, I'm living testimony. Promise you won't die. I only lost three pounds. I gained back already. Like you won't die. No, no, I'll I'll pass out. Like no, you won't pass out. But if you don't drink water, you might pass out. Like that will happen. But you won't pass out because you don't need food. Yeah, you, it's not, it, it can seem scary for people who haven't started. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. But about like um, people making decisions based on fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much fear is instilled in us as black people like not only fear that we instill in ourselves but fear that was instilled in us from jump like um i was reading something recently that was talking about how um some of the, some of the traits that we have or knowledge that we have can be knowledge that like our ancestors have already had or skills that our ancestors already had and like mm-hmm. they like you know a part of us and if, if you think if you can have some of the skills that your ancestors had, some of the skills that your ancestors had, then you can also have some of the fear that they had as well. Mm-hmm. And that can affect the way that you make decisions as well. Yeah. Um, during my fast and prior to that, I already started the book, but during my fast, my goal was to finish the book. I was reading a book um, called Chemotherapy and Oligotherapy. Um the um, Tridosha Regenerating Toxic Cells or Detoxifying Toxic Cells. And one of the things that um, Dr. Grease talks about in that book is um, generational toxic cells and how most of our toxic cells come from our mind. Fear, doubt, depression. We don't own those. Like those things didn't, we weren't born with that. Right. Everything that you fear today even if it's you thinking you instilled it in you, it was already instilled in you. And because of that, you're nourishing that fear. You're mm-hmm. constantly feeding it. You're mm-hmm. constantly feeding your doubt. You're constantly feeding these things. And that's why it's important to be aware, like, oh, I'm having anxiety. I don't own anxiety, but I have to be aware that it exists. I have to be aware where it came from. Okay, my mom is like scared of rain. She's scared of everything. Mm-hmm. That's normal to like feel this way because I'm not normalizing it, but I know why I feel this way. So I have to know it and I have, I got to end it. I got to generate, I got to change the cycle because those things continue and continue 
and continue. Mm -hmm. And we're carriers. Mm -hmm. We carry babies. Mm -hmm. You can literally birth a toxic cell baby. Like it's not really funny. Like your Damn, that's crazy. Cells, your baby can have toxic cells from birth. Mm -hmm. I mean, Nick Cannon's, I mean, Nick Cannon's child has died at five months from cancer. I mean, the, the yeah, that was, a, was that the reason? Like, that was a recent one, right? Yeah. That's it's stuff like that that people don't even, no one would ever know, you know, but toxic cells are passed on generations. Mm through state of mind and that's why I like making sure that you are in a certain place mentally before you have kids is a real thing especially mm -hmm. as a woman because mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. can really pass some things on and it's not just from like what you're saying or doing but just like genetically you can yeah. pass things on yeah and toxic cells don't only come from what we eat our cells can be deformed from how we think yeah, yeah. the we were talking about that earlier, how human beings are the only ones who can self-regulate. Like you can change these things based off of your mindset. And so that should give people a lot of like happiness. Cause like, you're not a victim to your circumstances. You can change it just by changing your, the way you think about your problems. Your problems might not disappear, but just framing it differently can still change your world because your reality really is based on your per perceptions. And so if you change the only way you can change, the only thing you can change is your attitude towards them. So naturally, like if your mind changes, then so does your world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's easier said than done. You know? It's easier said than done. Yeah, but it, it really is a repetition. Like, oh, yeah, I'm aware of that, but how do I do it? I have those moments, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pressure when it comes to people like me or whether it's Kirsten, it's like, oh, we look and we are, you know, self-aware and I do yoga and I'm on this plant-based diet, I'm very disciplined and I'm known for telling myself no, but I still have moments like yesterday where I'm like, what the fuck, like, how do I take these thoughts out of my mind? Like, how do I right. change them? And my sister's like talking me out of stuff and I'm like, okay, you're right. Like, I need to, she's like, no, you just need to tell yourself, I am healed. I am this, I'm already there, it already exists. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I am. And I'm still having a hard time, even though I'm intentional, even though, so yeah, yeah I know that, but like, how do I, truly receive it live it and actually apply it yeah because it, it's always easier said than done exactly and that's the hard part but getting people around you that are on that same kind of frequency is really really helpful that's what i've noticed because doing it alone just first of all it's not as fun when you do it alone but it can be really rewarding to have people that you can rely on and and be vulnerable with I don't think anyone should like people shouldn't pick partners until they work on themselves to a certain extent working on yourself is it's you are always becoming always right always but to a certain extent of awareness no like i you're pick because you don't even know that you might be picking up a partner from a place of trauma or i don't know what part of me picked you but i need to know what part of me picked you and most of the time you pick the right partner going to be some things you don't like mm -hmm. that the person does or says that are good for you that's how i know i picked the right partner i'm like oh, okay this nigga holds me accountable <laughs> like, i don't like this but right a little I uncomfortable know that, i know that five years from now i'm going to be my best self with this person because you don't want if somebody really cares about you they're not going to let you 
skate on your potential and not be the very best you could be, especially if you've made it clear to them that that's what you want. Your people should be supporting you, even if even if it's, you know, kind of tough, like it's hard. That's why you rely on those people because it's because it's hard. Yeah, for sure. But I think even being in a space to receive it is a thing, right? Because had I had right. a person that was like that maybe 45 years ago, six years maybe, I wouldn't receive that. I'm like, you're not gonna tell me what to do and da da da. Like <laughs> acknowledging the fact that like I'm able to receive that is because of how bad I want to be a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'll be 30 in March. Okay, because you said four or five years, so I was just trying to get some, you know, context. Six years ago, I was 23. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was not. Uh, you couldn't tell me shit. You couldn't tell me nothing. Like, yeah, that's why Nazi is the plug, okay? Nazi literally, he's, he was like, you've been here for six years. That's why I was saying. Nazi's the plug. My car was fucked up. Not even fucked up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna exaggerate. She had a dent in her car. I had a dent. <laughs> she was but, fucked up. But the way that like the dent was, like, it's hard to get that type of shit out. It's not like, oh, just buff it out and like it was a like it was some technical shit. And she she plugged me in with a bunch of different stuff. But plug, plug, plug her with my little good job. plug. These these this, this six years has I'm, she's yeah. gotten some good roots. That's what do they weird. call it in LA? You a plug for your birthday. You a plug? I want it with diamonds on it. <laughs> I want diamonds on it. I need a diamond dancing plug. Yo, that's lit. Not for real, but that's how I was in my hometown in DC. So she when I moved here, pizza, please. Period. Yeah. Period. That and this this vegan pizza lit. I when I, I moved here, I'm like, listen, vegan, I, I want to make my life as convenient as possible. Who <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to know? Oh, I like partying. All right, who's the hottest promoter? Best. I'm gonna be friends with him. Da, da, da. Like you just find things. You're like, I want to make my life convenient. Yeah, and I want to be able to like make other people's lives convenient. Yo, that's a good was- philosophy. Yeah. Um, Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure what you all were just talking about, but I had two things. So, and they're kind of two different directions. So I don't know if you guys can answer them at the same time. But, um, what are some of the resources? Like one we talked about. Um like fear and cells and your body and um i've like done some i've watched some videos of people that like move fear out of their kidneys um through breath work through um yoga through like um people who kind of massage different areas like moving certain things out of their body and I was wondering if you heard of anything else or if there's anything else that you ever had an encounter where you could feel like an emotion or trauma um, leaving your body. Um, that's one question. And then my second question, I'll wait because that won't, I guess it'll be too much to add both at the same time. <laughs> that is interesting. Now, do you want to go first? Uh, okay. I like to talk. Um, have I ever felt fear leaving my body? Yes. I think I felt it multiple times. Um, definitely during like a time of fasting. My fast for me are very, very spiritual. Um, so I do really double down and immerse myself in like prayer and connecting with God. Um, and I know that when I dive deep to a certain extent, I do feel it. I feel 
I feel like my mind is actually renewed. Like I don't have fear, I don't have doubt. Um, and I feel it leaving my body during that meditative state. Um, most of the time I've ever felt it would be during a prayer. Um, other than that, meditating, like when I'm doing yoga or I'm by myself and I'm meditating and I've, I like find creative ways to practice and like truly um, recondition my thoughts in my mind. And sometimes I just be walking around my house, closing my eyes and just telling myself, a list of things that I am or you know disease doesn't exist in my body like I don't own this I don't, anxiety doesn't exist like and there's times I really believe it and I feel it leaving my body so yeah that's my story nice I've seen I kind of kind of like what you're talking about how people are moving things out of their kidney or changing their body I've seen videos of people like with really big tumors just like from breathing, like you can see the tumor getting smaller in a really short period of time. So I've seen stuff like that where people are like almost performing miracles on themselves. I'm not exactly sure how they do that, but I have had my own, I guess what I would call like a mystical experience, like where I kind of felt like the all the fear that I had is like, I just kind of let it go. It was like, why was I holding that all on to myself? You know what I mean? And, it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like for the first time in that moment, I was like letting go it was almost like like i was hanging on to the things that i wanted to get rid of you know what i mean like that's kind of and so it was like i just dropped it and i was like oh shit like i it was like uh like a big weight off of your chest like oh fuck like wow like <laughs> i could have been living like this the whole time yeah. and it's like that those moments only really shine through i don't think it's like a i'm experiencing a blissful state now i'm i'll always you know have no fear but I think because you can remember that limitlessness or that fearless experience in your body. And so then the next time you feel fear, you can say like, Hey, like, I know that this isn't, this isn't really who I am. Like what I am is that other experience where I was feeling unlimited, but this one's making me feel like making me contract and making me shrink. So I know that this shit is either going to make me a stronger person if I can lean into it, or it's something that's, that I need to heal in myself. And healing is such a, I feel like that's a, almost like a loaded word because like, what does that even mean? But I think, because uh, I, I don't have the answer to that, but I think it's just awareness is, is like the first step to be, to literally address anything. You have to know what it is. And so I think fear can be a useful tool, but it's not something that you should allow to hold you back. I feel like a lot of people, use it as an excuse because a lot of times it's valid that's so a lot of times like the danger and excuses is like they're true it's like yeah you shouldn't take this risk because of there are clearly obvious consequences and so like having that fear is is natural um but i think as long as you don't let it hold you back from i don't know it's it's a it's a balance you know what i mean though because you don't want to completely ignore it because sometimes like yeah there's a lion around the corner that maybe that's why we're feeling afraid but if that fear is, if you get used to being in fear and you're making decisions always based out of fear, I think that's where it where it becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One thing I was gonna add is uh, that like really helped. I think something that it was instilled in me, and then it was also something that really like healed me as a child is moving this like moving different things 
with my thoughts and with the thoughts and prayers of like my fam, like with my mom, I think um, my mom is the kind of person who is like really strong minded and like her thoughts and prayers have like made miracles happen. Like I was born with my right foot on backwards. What does that mean? Like it was facing that way? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Kiss is like a a unicorn oh. or something. <laughs> with my foot twisted to wow. the side. And mind you, already like the like my mom was told a couple of different things, had a really hard pregnancy with me, and she was like, No, we're gonna be all right. Like that thought process of like she made up in her mind, I'm going to have a healthy child. And then after she had me, my foot was on backwards and I didn't have surgery. My mom just prayed and massaged my foot for like maybe one to two years. And my foot went back. I, I can't tell the difference. I had to ask her which foot it was. That's crazy. Like a couple of years back. That's the type of shit I'll be doing. Like, yeah. My mom was like, we're not work. Yeah. We're not doing <laughs> this. Three on, yeah. We pray. Yeah. My mom was like, we're not going to operate on a toddler. But her foot is going to go back to normal. Like, and she genuinely believed that. So I say that to say, I think you can actually move these things with your thoughts. I just think it takes a lot of strength to do it. Um, and we own a lot of things that we don't need to be owning. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of certainty too. Like you yeah. have to know 100%, like this is going to happen. That doubt, that doubt can really cripple your <laughs> your intentions. But that's what people like my guy Joe Dispenza, like they're really trying to replicate that for people so that they can teach that process that you described um, your family, literally healing your foot. How can we get everybody almost to where every human on the planet knows how to heal things like that? You know what I mean? Like what? imagine a world like that where we all know like, oh, yeah, you know, I just sit sit down and, you know, regenerate my arm or, you know, anything like that. Like how, what kind of crazy... <laughs> World, but we can live like that's real though it could be real i know there is a documentary called um heal on amazon prime you should really really watch it um there is a guy that was able to do this he had a spinal cord injury it was really bad like wouldn't be able to walk for the rest of his life he realigned his bird of prayer or whatever yeah i'm talking about joe dispenser my fucking my boy yeah he got hit by a car right yes <laughs> Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's, yeah. He's in that documentary. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's my guy. Yeah, no, that shit, that that documentary changed my life. Yeah, boy, bro, he changed my life too. Like, he really changed my life. I'm putting on my shirt. No, 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 I don't know him. Oh, okay, no, he said my boy. I'm like, where he at? Oh no, I, <laughs> yo, I I wish I knew him. Like, I'm trying to go to one of his events, like low key. Like, oh, yeah. it, touching people and healing them. Like, it'd be it'd be nothing but like. 70 50 60 year old white people in there i'll be the only one in there like yo uh let me get some of this information <laughs> i don't know this i don't know there might, there's a lot of people i'm sure like did their their spine this might not be the exact person but the guy i'm talking about he's a, a researcher and a scientist so like they'll do brain scans on you and and do all that and kind of show you how to they call it brain and heart coherence because they discover that there's neurons in your heart so you can get your brain, the neurons in your heart and the neurons in your brain to communicate. And that's what I call that coherence and like be on the same, like, <laughs> again, I'm not a, I'm not the scientist. I, this isn't the best explanation, but basically on the same, the same wavelength and they're working together. And then you can start affecting change in your body from a, like 
almost like you're getting into the software of your computer. So it's like you get into the operating system and you're readjusting how the programs work just by meditating and getting into a state where that kind of change is possible. Um, sorry. Uh, no, that was good. Thing, I don't know if you guys know about Mike Todd. Mike Todd? Yeah. The, the pastor? Pastor. Yeah. I don't know if you guys watch it, but he says something that really, really stuck with me. He has a series called uh, Crazy Faith, and then he did another one called Crazier Faith. Um, but anyways, I was listening to a sermon one day, and he said something that really stuck with me, and it was, you have to see it before you see it. And he preaches that a lot. And it's so real. Like, I be telling myself, like, okay, I got to see it before I see it. Like, when you meditate on whatever it is that you're trying to, um, the place that you want to get to, whether that's healing your spinal cord or whatever the case might be, it's like, you literally have to see it before you actually see it. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's something that I always keep in mind. Like, when I am meditating or closing my eyes, like, and I really started, like, seeing stuff with my eyes closed. Yeah. Like, it comes to life. And then sometimes when it doesn't necessarily make sense, I'll draw it out. Whatever I saw with my eyes closed. Mm. Yeah, I think kind of what you said or what he said on you have to see it without seeing it. We actually, me and Kirsten talked about that earlier, but you can even put it to the test on like real everyday stuff. So say you have a mission, like, you know, you have a brand or you have a company or whatever it is. The reason why you're not going to stop working on it is because in your mind, it's already been realized. So when you quit, you're acknowledging that it hasn't been realized because you're letting the environment of your current, you know, your current environment, your current outside conditions tell you, oh no, that shit isn't happening. But if you say, no, fuck that, it doesn't matter what happens out here, I'm going to make it happen. Then I think you can uh, do things that people will call you crazy for, or people will doubt you and say like, oh, there's no way that's impossible. But it's only impossible to them. I think this is why I really resonate with Kanye because he's he's never letting people put limits on him. And I think we are in a society that puts limits on us inherently. And sometimes we, we get fearful if we think about other people breaking those limits. <laughs> so I don't want anybody to... Um, let other people like diminish their shine. And yeah, that's all I want to say on that. <laughs> it looks like protecting. Yeah. Whatever it is, but you know. What y'all sipping on? I seen Kirsten bring the bottle out. I knew what time it was. <laughs> the Merlot. It's, it's yummy. I am kind of picky with red wines. And some, when I don't like red wines, I'll make it into a spritzer, my mom taught me how to make it into a spritzer. You put some fresh ice, maybe throw some fruit and some uh, ginger ale. <laughs> you want to make it sweet. <laughs> but this is yummy. This is this is pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. with, with one. I'm it's, with it's good. Yeah. This is good. Have it. you ever had Josh? Yes, we just had Josh. Did we finish it, Josh? Maybe we finished it. But... Josh is amazing. Coco Bon at Trader Joe's. It's only $8.99 and it's probably one of the best wines ever. Okay. Eight ninety nine Trader Joe's. I, I told you about Trader Joe's. That shit is not. That shit is not near me. I don't know where Trader Joe's is at. I go to South Beach. Who's trying to go to South Beach for groceries? Oh, he's yeah. in Florida. Yeah, he's in Miami. Miami. South Beach. He's in Miami. Yeah, I live in Miami. Oh, where are you at? That's where we need. So I'm saying, y'all need to come back over here. No, Kirsten was telling me about the crime and all that. You don't need all that. Oh my god, Miami ain't no better. <laughs> you can leave for a walk. 
that's because you're from there. I feel way safer in DC too. And it ain't safe. But another thing is downtown LA. Like, Nazi doesn't live in downtown LA and it, the crime is not as crazy. Oh. That's not. Well, yeah, downtown LA. <laughs> your, your face. Exactly. Like a motherfucker, where I'm at, it's still being gentrified. It's hella Mexican. Oh, be all types of shit. Fucking rape cases, crazy stuff. It was really the holidays. People don't have Stealing shit, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But downtown is just a crazy place. Like this whole crime epidemic or not, it's like hella homeless people. This is a hub of homelessness, you know? Hell yeah. And it's just something about the high rises makes people crazy. <laughs> it's like New York, you know? Because everybody went out there, they had a dream of like big shit and then something happened. Or they got on drugs and they was going to fucking one oak too much and somebody said, Hey, you want to try crack? Sheesh. It's true though, but that's what I'm saying. Something happened. <laughs> like, you think I'm joking? Yo, during the club days, when we used to go to One Oak and Poppy and stuff, we were hella young. Like, it's so crazy, man. God really saved me. But you would just look around. Now that I think about it, I'm like, yo, this is how people get swept the fuck up. Did like, they say they really crack? offered you crack? No way, though. Not like crack, crack, but like cocaine. <laughs> or and these girls would oh, be okay, down. Okay. They do it, you know? Like, granted, that's not my thing. I barely smoked weed until a year and a half. Two years ago, I was scared of me. So, you know, I was just a scary ass nigga in general. So that didn't work for me. But yeah, like girls be down, and it'd be one thing that leads into the next and the next, and it's like, damn, you can't. You forgot why you were here. Yeah, I'm trying to be a Wilhelmina model. Now yeah. you're like, yeah. That's how my industry too. Kid. That's how my industry. Honestly, both any cities with like the fast life, I feel like, um, you could be offered cocaine really any kind of um drug like in really common settings like in miami on them boats them them girls we i would never go on a random boat that's the crazy part like every yacht i've been on in miami was a yacht of someone that i know either they own it or they got it like it's their thing just hopping on a yacht like yo my friend like hell no niggas i'm about to be on the ocean when niggas, oh I don't know. Like, y'all got me all the way fucked up. And if I want to leave, what do I do? You I can't, can't walk out the door. You can't. I'm good. Because I ain't going back to shore. So <laughs> I'm going to see what's working. Most of, the, most of the boats in Miami have more women than men. Not that that. That's what they want. Yeah. Most of the boats in Miami, I've gotten on plenty of yachts that, and I didn't even know whose party it was. Like, a lot of a lot of situations like that. And that was great time. Yeah, I mean, I went to college, so that's where I was entered. <laughs> that's where I saw that kind of life, the drugs and all that shit. I, I feel like college, you gotta be. College in Miami? No, nah, I went to college in Pittsburgh, so that's how I know it's everywhere. But Mm-mm, he's from um, Illinois, like Chicago, not outside of Chicago. Yeah, I'm from Aurora. Uh, I'm saying Naperville. Yeah, it's, it's actually near Naperville. No, that is. My in-law is from well, she's from Chicago, and then they moved to Naperville High School. You so say your in-law? My my um brother's wife so we used to go to chicago a lot oh okay chicago's a great city when i say in love with me i'm married i know why don't why too. doesn't someone ever think that it's my siblings is not an in-law as well well yeah, i just didn't hear yeah i i, I thought you no. said in-law that's why i was confirming i'm coming at you but it's so funny that's the first thing that people think it's like oh are you um married i'm like no can i have a sibling no that has a yeah has a spouse, spouse? Like, people do that all the time. They're like, oh, are you married? I feel like, I think when you say in-law, though, it infers that it's your, the person you married there. You should just say my brother's wife. I think that's, 
Is your brother's I wife not an in-law? They are. in-law, basically. Well, it's our story. Oh, you, oh, you're right. It, it's true. No, it is true. But I'm just thinking in everyday lexicon, when people are talking, you should just say, oh, yeah, my brother's wife. That's why people assume that it's that you married, I think. I just, whatever. My, brother my sister, friend, family. wife, whatever, brother, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, since you brought up marriage, like. Okay, oh, that let's was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was question let's I'm, go i'm saying we brought the wine out so now is perfect time to get less <laughs> oh, oh i don't got no wine y'all got the wine i can't get up and leave you know i only got us water well um, i guess i could i don't have shit to drink question. though nancy was saying like oh i need to know myself so i know why i'm picking this person the person that i'm with and i was questioning like now that you've kind of done some self like now that you all have done like self reflections and stuff like that, as you go in to pick your partners, or as like you know you're approached by people, how does that? I don't know. How does this like self reflection of like oh I know why I'm picking like why I'm deciding to be with this person? I guess my question essentially is like how you'll know that in the beginning. Like, how will you know, oh, I'm picking this guy because I really want, um, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you know that, like, how, I think, yeah, essentially, how will you know that? And do you know that in the beginning? Well, now I will. But um, I think that, so for me, my last relationship really shifted a lot for me. So I thought I was so much more intentional than what I was um but um you know I wasn't I wasn't subconsciously I was intentional because this person that I attracted um it's weird I attracted this person from my higher self but also from a from a um place of trauma because what we bonded on was trauma bonding in certain in certain spaces or certain places in our lives um but also this person had different elements about him that um exceeded already where i was and um i saw my higher self in this person like he didn't have to do anything he didn't have to drag me out of bed he didn't, he didn't make me do anything he didn't tell me i have to do something but the way that he operated within himself made me want to become a better person and it was just his energy and his spirit and i think over time um i realized that and it took time i didn't know this off of it it's like, oh my God, I love him, da -da, like so dope, whatever. Like we have so much fun together. You know, he, this mental discipline that he had for himself, I wanted. And I didn't know I wanted that, but I already had started doing the work. Um, and I didn't really know what I was doing at the time, but whatever I was doing attracted this person. And um, it sounds like you had green flags you were already hip to like you kind of had that in mind where you're like i kind of or maybe you discovered that you liked exactly but i didn't know it like now i can tell you but then i'm like i just i just want i just i just i don't want to chase anything i just want someone that's a good person i want someone that wants me i want someone that is 
good to me. Like, you know, you could just say those things, but I didn't necessarily know exactly what that looked like. But I knew I wanted that. I knew my heart wanted that. But I didn't really know how to do the work the way I know now. So still, that part of me attracted him. But then, like I said, there's areas that were like, ooh, no. Like, I can tell this is where we're trauma bonding. Um, so I think, like, sometimes you don't know off rip. I think now it's different because I'm more intentional and I'm paying attention and I'm genuinely using my spiritual gift of, you know, intention, like being intuitive and, you know, compassionate and things like that. Like I will be more aware early on. Um, but it took me a year and some change to figure out like, oh shit, this is the purpose of this relationship. This is why this person came into my life. This is why I came into their life. But I don't know that I'm supposed to be with this person. And if I am, it's not this version of this person. Um, yeah. So yeah, it takes time. It definitely takes time, but I think finding purpose in things, and that's why like, you know, for me, I don't necessarily have issues with people I've dated because I find the purpose in it. And then it's just that, why am I mad at you? My purpose, the purpose of this relationship is not for us to be married. What am I mad at? Because you chose someone else or whatever, like you weren't supposed to choose me, you're not for me. You know, I don't even know if that makes sense. But. I don't know. I am interested in that last part you said. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but because it well, this but first, let me let me vocalize what I thought I heard. It sounded like you kind of were. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in what you're saying. It but. sounded like you were kind of on already on a, for lack of a better term, like spiritual journey or just, you know, finding yourself a little bit more. So you kind of had some principles and a partner that you for hip to and so i think a big part of it is just kind of trusting that you, you will find that person and then kind of approaching relationships with like a little innocence just to see like you know where does this go um but i am interested when you said about the marriage the marriage part did you mean like i'm we're dating but it's not like i'm expecting to get married it's more like maybe you know what I'm like what do you what did you mean i guess just expand expand on that because i really didn't get it well okay so I think for everyone's different, but for me, I've always been a serial monogamous. Like I'm not really like a let's just see. I mean, obviously, let's just see what happens. But I just always want to be intentional. Like if I'm invested, I want to marry. I'm dating to marry you. Like to spend right. my life with you. I want to spend my life with someone. Literally. So because I know that and I want that, um, that's always the goal and whoever I'm dating or whatever, unless I'm like, okay, you know what? I just wanna have fun right now, whatever that means, right? But most of the time, it's not like that. I'm like, even in the back of my head, I'm intentional. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, when I'm dating somebody and it's starting to you know, pick up and we're like, yo, we really like each other's presence and we're spending a lot of time together, I already started being intentional at that point. In my mind, I'm being intentional now because I'm like, I see values and qualities in this person and that changes over time as you become a better version of yourself and you're working on yourself. So I'm like, okay, I see myself, I could see myself marrying this person. That's how I think. And then I'll go further than that. When it gets deeper, I'm like, okay, if this person's leg got cut off tomorrow, will I still love him? Will I still be with him? And if my answer is yes, most of the time it's not. And if my answer is yes, <laughs> 
That's we gonna keep rocking. We gonna go. <laughs> Wait, hold on, pause. Damn, like what if it's just below the knee? It's not even my whole leg. It's just below the knee. Like I lost my shin in my foot. Like I think for me in dating now, my my thing is like, is this my assignment? And if it's my assignment, and this is a person that God has ordained for me, I don't care if his face is burnt or his leg is cut off. I love this person's spirit. Like this is this is the this is my assignment. This is who I'm supposed to be with. And that's why, like, you know, when my friends do come to me with, you know, things that they're going through or their relationships, stuff like that, it's like, yo, I can't tell you. I don't know, I'm not God, but connect with God and figure that out because is this your assignment? I'm not judging somebody for being cheated on and going back. That might be her fucking assignment. Those might that might be her journey. That might be the the you know, the lessons that she needs to learn that God has assigned for her. I don't know that. So we can't really judge one person's relationship because you just, you just don't know. You don't know. Like you just really don't know. So for me, it's just, I really ask those questions. Like, is this person for me? Is this my assignment? Do I see myself marrying this person? And then, like I said, taking it further, like, is it about how he looks? Is it what he has? Or do I love this person's spirit? And there's no face to a spirit. It's a spirit. So this is, I mean, you know, you just let me know if it's too personal, but like, was, because you you brought it up for the last part. I was like, we went our separate ways. That wasn't like the marriage, like marriage wasn't in the question. Like, is did you like, have, was it like, oh, I don't really want to marry this person or like, what, like, what was it? Because it, for me, it sounds like it was going pretty good. You know, like what happened? It was going good, but it wasn't like, and that's the confusing part. Cause it's like, that's the first time I've ever been in a situation where I'm like, fuck, like, this is weird. It's going great, but it's not. And I think for me, I think I realized that, I think we realized that, um, and I won't know this obviously until the future, but you know, right person, wrong time is a thing. And if I can explain it in any way, it's like, okay, there's so many things about this person and what they value and who they are and how this person's spirit makes me feel. Um, I can see myself marrying this person, but there's also parts of this person that I'm like, I don't know that there's longevity in it because of who this person is today. He could very well change. I don't know that. Um, I do know that there was like a profound purpose in that relationship. I, I know that it has a, like that relationship has a lot to do with who I am right now and me having this conversation with you. Um, but I think once I found the purpose in it, I found peace, you know, I made peace with it. And um, I don't have resentment and I don't hate this person because he didn't give me what I wanted or there was no you know, it was hard to get to a place of like commitment, not like, oh, he was cheating, but just like security. There was a lack of security. And that lack of security is just, it's not, this is not the child. And it might not be the per the purpose of our relationship may not be my husband, but this person might get me to my husband. I don't I know, you, that, you know? When you say but, security though, what, what do you mean by security? Security is a feeling, so that can look different for everybody. Yeah. Oh, emotional security. Okay. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Not financial things like that, but that could be different for other people. Some people they just be, oh, you're telling me I'm your girlfriend, or whatever. But I didn't feel that. That's not mm. something you felt, and I know what I need to feel 
and what I deserve to feel in order to be your wife or your girlfriend. So if I don't feel that, you are not in a place to provide me with that. Um, because you're not in a place to provide yourself with that, really. Mm-hmm. It just starts with self. So once you recognize certain things, it's like, you know, I don't hate you for not being able, for not giving me what I deserve. Like, you don't give yourself that. You're not graceful exactly. with yourself. You have, you know, you battle with the spirit of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Your spirit makes me feel inadequate, not because you're telling me I'm not good enough, but because you do that to yourself. You're mad at yourself. Mm-hmm. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. I don't operate like that. So yes, this person was good for me in, 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 a, in a certain way, but in other ways, it's like, oh no, this, this person doesn't make my spirit feel good in other ways because they can't be that for themselves. So I don't want to marry someone like that. I'm not waking up with feeling the pressure that you put on yourself. I'm not waking up like that. Like, because you feel like you need to be perfect. I'm not about to wake up every day feeling like I need to be perfect. That's weird. You have to deal with yourself. I know we're a long way from your question, Kirsten, but did you get an answer from, you're asking like, how do you know at the beginning? Because I guess what I what I got from it was, you won't really know for sure at the beginning, but you'll come to like find things that you are enjoying about the relationship. And then you'll see things that, you know, you might not uh, like so much. And I, I think kind of what, what, what she said is you kind of have to come to terms like how, like what is the, fu- be honest about what does the future look like for this relationship? Like, what is the purpose? Like, what are we getting out of it? And, you know, I think that's why having a relationship is such an interesting thing. Cause like, it really is like faith. Like <laughs> you're never going to know for sure unless until, you know, I guess. That's why it's kind of like iffy. Yeah, I feel like my question was answered. I think um, a topic that's coming up in my mind after like hearing that you you talk about um, like just asking yourself these kinds of questions is just checking in with yourself, even when it comes to your relationships, um, daily, weekly, whatever it is that you need is like checking in with yourself in terms of your relationship and not just your like um, romantic relationship, but others too. Yeah, reflection is really important. Yeah, and applying that to every relationship. I do that with friends. I'm like, what's the, you know, I find the purpose in my friendships. Like I know what my purpose is in certain friendships, like me and Crystal, like mm-hmm. why we live together. Mm-hmm. So I had the conversation with her today. Like I know the purpose of why we live together Mm -hmm. there's so much of that relationship that made me the person i am today Mm -hmm. and and whether it's my connection with god or whatever like when you find purpose in things it shifts your perspective Mm -hmm. you know for me i always and i pray about this a lot it's like i want to always operate from a place of love like i don't want to feel resentment i don't want to i could be dark I could be petty. I don't want to be that. Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Like I don't I don't, don't want to own that. Yeah. I'm but good. I could be that. Okay. So um Okay, just let me know what floor you go on. Yeah. It's just um and finding the purpose in things and knowing that even okay. when things come to an end, um the end don't gotta be so hard. Like it's just like it's the end of that. Yeah. There could be a new beginning of that as well. Like, I think that when people get back together in relationships years later, like, that relationship died, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. Like, y'all relationship that. died. Like, this new you, new him, whatever. It's a new relationship. And that's okay. Like, oh, did you get back with him? No, I didn't. I got back. I got with a new person. 
he he's not the same person. And if he is, then he's gonna get left where he got. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This might be another personal question, but Kirsten, like, I'm curious, like, reflecting on your relationship, like, what made you get into it? Like, kind of how you asked, like, what are the signs? Like, what made you, you know, lean in? And if I'm putting you on the spot, we don't have to answer that question either. You're putting me on the spot, but. Um... <laughs> Nadia, are you, in, are you in a relationship? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you the same thing. I'm single. <laughs> Oh, okay. I could be waking up in the shower like, yeah, I think you got it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I feel like in my current relationship and in any relationships in the past, um, I think the idea that you choose your partner based on, um, like the space that you're in. And I don't think I regret any of the, I don't regret any of the decisions I've ever made for that same exact reason, because like, I see a purpose, like what Nachi's talking about. Like I see a purpose in every interaction with any person. When it comes to my current relationship and why I chose to be with the person I'm currently with, I feel like um, there's a lot of growth that I did from my past relationship. And every single time I was like, okay, like I did some of the check-ins that you kind of talk about where you're like, okay, you know what? Why did I respond this way? Why did I, you know, why did I, why was I talking like that? Why, why did I communicate this way? Why did I love this way? Why did I stay for this long? I asked myself a lot of different questions. And I think that I made a lot of decisions before I even, I made a lot of boundaries before I even got with the person that I'm currently with. And since then, like, I think knowing that those boundaries were respected, knowing that um, I was making this decision based on like, um, like healthy boundaries at that. And um, that the person that I'm with, that we envision the same thing for our dynamic. Like we're on the same page when it comes to our dynamic from the beginning basically picking a partner based on who you want to become? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I, that's what I mean. Um, because I think. Or you're in alignment. Yeah. Just being in alignment with the person that you're with, because I think that kind of, I think the idea of like picking someone based on who you're going to become, that kind of brings in potential and like thinking of potential. And I don't think that I choose people based on their potential because God, God is in control of, anything that happens in the future and I, who am I to say that you have potential for whatever I think that you have skills that I think are cool but I don't know people's potential so I don't base my dating decisions off of them but when it comes to alignment I think alignment is very um important in my dating decisions um and I think that was something at the top of my list alignment on like values and goals yeah, principles and morals principles morals communication bro yeah Oof. listen because god gave us words and we do not use them right it's because you know words are powerful sometimes people you know don't know how to wield it and also especially, especially the male species i mean maybe y'all aren't very good listeners maybe that's why people men don't want to share have you ever considered yeah, that? Maybe actually you're right. Maybe listening to men requires this kind of hearing that is so 
um, <laughs> that requires like a real crutch, you know, like we have to have this kind of soup, like supercharged kind of read your mind kind of hearing and you're right. You know, we're, we, we don't listen in that way. I mean, I don't know about that, but no, it goes back to certain people just are, have different, they're in different spaces. Like not everybody is ready to, you know, really know how to process their emotions. Like people aren't getting taught this. So if you're not learning on your own, like, you know, I don't know. I, I have no, I have no words to say about, <laughs> about men not being able to express their feelings, but I do know it's, it's not the fact that is that, that it's a, um, a recurring thing is, is indicative of the culture. Like it's just kind of how we raise the men to kind of be like that. And so if we really want to, I mean, obviously personal responsibility. Yeah. But if we really want to change, we got to change the way we raise the men. Yeah. <laughs> the men for sure. But once we're an adult, right? We there's you know there's just a certain level of accountability we have to take because I'll be right back. Now we're mind. we're adults. No, that's facts. I'm not making excuses for behavior. I'm just explaining it. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. I think in general, whether it's a man or a woman, I think we need to. Um, we need to, uh, what did she say? This is this girl posted this, and um, a lot of the girls were like upset about it. But um, listen, we listen to respond and not listen to understand. Mm -hmm. I think that we just need to listen to understand. Like, if you tell me something and I don't believe it's right, I should still listen to you and understand. I can understand that's effective communication, how you feel. I can acknowledge how you feel and, you know, let you know that that's valid. And I could still very well disagree with what you're saying. But there is, like, they can both coexist. I could still be receptive to what you're saying without agreeing with what you're saying. So I think, and that's something I actually learned in my last relationship. Like, it's weird. Like, we never fought. Like, fought. Like, and we're grown. What are we fighting about? <laughs> I'm saying, like, we didn't argue. We didn't. No. Like, I mean, granted, yes, I would be upset at something. And I'm very much a very passive aggressive person. So, and so part <laughs> of me is my way of, like, not being, um, you know, not being impulsive and saying something that I should probably not say. So I'll just step back. It might be like, look like I'm just, you know, being distant or whatever, or whatever the case might be, but I have to rationalize my emotions because I'm a highly emotional person. So, but in terms of actually arguing, it never happens. So by the time we get around to communicating, it's very effective. Like, oh, well, you know, you made me feel like this. And this I felt, oh, wow. Like, I didn't know that I made you feel that way. Time, and that's something that he was honest about. Like, he's like, I'm in my body. I don't know sometimes, like, I don't know that that's what that's perceived as until you tell me. Right. That's not his strength. For me, my strength and my gift is to be able to put myself in people's shoes. I've already played the scenario on something will make you feel before I even like do it or say it. That's not everyone's strength. But understanding that, even though I'm like, I don't agree, like, why are you like that? I can understand that. And that allows me to be more graceful with this person and understand why he did what he did. It's like, okay, it's cool. I forgive you, but this is how that makes me feel. So can you just be aware of it? 
Yeah, as long as they're making at least the effort to change it, then it's cool. But it's when people be saying like, oh, yeah, sorry. But then they don't change their behavior. That, that shit really irritates me. It's your choice to be like, hey, I told you three times and I'm going to tell you again. And I told you more. Or you just look. I can go. <laughs> I can go. Like, right, just go. <laughs> go. And that's how I operate. It's like, oh, there's nothing to be said. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you once. I'll tell you twice. I'll say, whatever. However graceful I decide to be, I will be. But I also give myself a limit. Well, you didn't communicate that with me. You just stopped talking to me. I didn't have to communicate that with you now. Why? I've communicated with you four times actually on this date and on this date and this date. This, I'll even tell you the time. Not the receipts. <laughs> no, the receipts and nothing changed. So I'm yeah. not obligated at this point to communicate with you again. Facts. I'm allowed to make a decision for myself because guess what? You're making a decision for yourself. You ain't communicating with me. You didn't, you didn't discuss that with me on how you decided you were going to be. And it's not to be petty, but it's the truth. We're going to choose self like that's how we move we're gonna move like that like let's mm -hmm. be fair you know so that's just my thing hopefully my next relationship is lit i sound like i know what i'm talking about sound okay. like it right i don't um, actually know if i know what I'm it's easy about. right it's easy to sound like it but in practice you know. i probably don't <laughs> But as long as you, you know, it's like as long as you can get in certain moments of clarity, you're like, all right, I know I can replicate this if I just focus. Like I knew I, I had it down pat when I was talking about it, you know, last night. Why is it hard during the day? I didn't need, I didn't need this Yo. Give me this recording and I'll be straight. <laughs> but no, Kirsten said, what did you say? You're like, men don't what? Talk about their feelings or some some shit like that? Hey, I didn't even say anything. Yeah, my one. I didn't say anything. I was just saying basically what you're talking about. Nothing new is that in order for, you just have to raise your children to be um, good communicators, like to know how to communicate how they feel, how they think, all that stuff, you know? Like, cause I, in the end, I don't even think it's fair for you. I don't think it's fair to you all. Not even you all. I don't think it's fair to raise your son differently than your daughter, but I don't think it's fair for any person to not know how to communicate their feelings. It's frustrating. Right. So like, to Nasi's point, it sucks that when you're an adult, like, it sucks that when you're an adult that you, like, you don't take accountability for it. But like, from my sense, if I'm give, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt, I'm like seeing it, and like a child, if I'm looking at the situation in like a childlike lens, it sucks being some just a human who can't communicate. Like it's frustrating as hell. It's frustrating for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly. It's frustrating internally. Of course, it's frustrating to the people that we have to communicate with you. But it's frustrating. Ima imagine You're what the that's person like. that can't articulate how you. Do. Yeah, imagine what that's like. You do not live with that. So R.I.P. to Bell Hooks. She just passed away last December, but she was saying like mental. She was saying her she wanted her man to express himself more and then you know, he did he started crying and then all of a sudden she was like whoa like i'm i don't like that like i'm not like it wasn't attractive to her so like okay have you ever experienced anything like that where it's like you want a man to share but now all of a sudden he's sharing now you're like oh wait put that back like i don't like that side of you a man cried on me last week actually it happened to me twice i don't know what last week was about but it happened to me twice two different instances um and you know i don't know for me like i love connecting with people and connecting is not even just having a conversation but i want to feel you 
you know, like we held hands and I felt his energy and he cried and it was fine. Like I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see it as a weakness. Actually, I saw it as a strength. Like he's a man that can be extremely vulnerable. I'm not his girlfriend, you know, but whatever it is about my spirit made him feel comfortable enough to cry. Um, and I knew that he was holding in a lot of toxic masculinity. Um, you know, operated from that place because he doesn't have a space. This is like he just doesn't have that space. You know, how could you tell that that he was operating from that? Because tell you? Oh, you know. But I need I need a little bit more. Like, can you describe like? How can somebody else identify it? Like, I really need to know. Like, what, what, what kind of food is it? How can someone else identify it? I guess they would just have to, like, I don't know, I'm an empath. I could feel it. Like, I think we all have that ability. So, just was it something to... he said? Was it something like the way he carried himself? Like, what was it? Not the way that he carried himself or certain things he would do. I could tell it's just it's not necessarily of him or who the person he truly is inside, but that's what made sense. That's how he grew up. And there's no space for that in his environment. You know, his homies and the people he loves and his friends or whatever, like granted they're his friends, but there's no safe space. There's never been a space that's been created um, for him to be vulnerable. That just doesn't exist. That's for a lot of men, a lot of black men. Yeah. So I could tell, I could see something. I could see two, three, four things and then just be like, oh, okay, yeah. So you're itching for it. Can't wait, you know? Mm-hmm. Granted, it's like once everyone left. That is a weak But I never saw that. I was like, oh my God, thank you God. I'm able to release. Like, they, they, I know you were telling that in. Like, it feels good. Like, I know, but yeah. I definitely had that experience where you just met somebody. You're like, yeah, I just want to unload everything that i've been carrying <laughs> like so this person is actually listening to me i don't know what it is i just want to tell you all my secrets <laughs> it's a crazy feeling sometimes it doesn't even look like talking it's just just feeling just held hands like we literally just held hands and that was therapeutic it's an energy it's what you're what you're giving off like you know the light the energy that you're giving off and it doesn't make someone feel at peace are you gonna be and if you're comfortable to talk about it talk about it but I'm not like, oh, what are you feeling? I'm like, no, I just kind of, I, I go it. based off of whatever no, he feels. So good. I just like, you want to talk? You can talk. I'm here. Yeah. That's dope. Good for you. I think we need more people who can make space like that for others to just share themselves, you know? Black men. Especially black men. Yeah, especially us. But yeah, I want like, to do better too at truly like I guess I've talked to you, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Okay. That's our superpower power and you have to hone in on that. Like being an empath. Like um, your man may not speak. So we don't know how. You know, and, and being able to like almost read his mind and make him feel or create a space. That feels safe. Like that's not gonna yeah. look like. Well, nigga, you ain't tell me what you're thinking. Like I don't know. Yeah, because he's not probably going to. It's unfortunate, but once uh, be manipulated. Manipulation's not always bad. Like manipulate him. Positive manipulation, <laughs> right? That's why they say like behind every great man is a great woman because that's what, that's what she's on that positive like motive. You, I guess you could call that motivation. Isn't motivation positive manipulation? Maybe like reinforcement, support. I don't know, but but sometimes it's like doesn't look like okay, like let's get up and no, it's like it's get your ass up. <laughs> strategy. Yeah. Utilize that strategy into 
and making someone do something good for themselves. Mm. It's gonna help him, it's gonna help you. Like, I think we put such a negative connotation on manipulation. People do use that power. Manipulation is a skill set. And they use that skill set in a bad way. But you can use that same thing. Just the same way anxiety is, it's a power. You have an anxiety, you have the ability, think about it, you have the fucking ability to convince yourself something uh, bad is happening when nothing is happening. Right, you know how powerful that is? It's yeah. able to utilize that same strategy into something good. Oh, same concept. That shit is crazy. We're the only animals that even know about the future, so that's just crazy in general. <laughs> Shit's nuts. Well, yo, listen, I appreciate y'all taking the time. Seems like y'all, you know, got shit going on now. So we can wrap this up. We're about to turn up now. Yeah, we it's been to... great being deep with you. Yeah. Yo, I'll um let's run it back. I'll send you I'll I'll send you each other's IGs. All right, bet. Yeah, Nadi, it was great to meet you. But I hope it look cute. I think you look cute. Y'all, y'all look good on this side. Justin gave my husband here. No, you definitely look cute. You you put it on. You put it on. You might get some DMs afterwards. I'm not gonna lie. People will be hitting me up like, "Yo, who was that in the last video?" Like, people... <laughs> so hey, I don't know. Be ready. Wait, I'm gonna add you to a little thing. But all right, yeah, y'all have a good night. Be safe and all that. All right, you too. Okay. Oh, whoops. I'm gonna stop recording. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>